Hey everyone, Peter here. I just need to apologize before this most recent episode of The Middle of Medicine that Aubrey and I recorded. I made the crucial error of updating to Audio Hijack version 4, which is a fantastic program. I started playing around with some of the new options available in it, and like the idiot that I sometimes am, did not test the new setup that I had built. Unfortunately, that resulted in uh, an audio file that combined both of our voices and put a weird delay effect on uh, particularly my audio. So this episode sounds a little weird. I apologize for that. But I thought it was a good discussion that Aubrey and I had, and I didn't want to scrap the whole thing. Uh, I've figured out what my problem was, how to fix it, and that's not going to happen going forward. So bear with us for this one episode. And again, I apologize. Mistake totally on my fault. Uh, and we'll make sure that it doesn't happen again. Thanks. Welcome back to The Middle of Medicine. This is uh, episode number eight, and I am one of your usual hosts, Peter Jones. And I am your other regular co-host, Aubrey Jones. So, Aubrey, I have some uh, some big news. This is exciting. Ooh. I mean, I don't know. Maybe oh. it's not that exciting, but it still is big news. <laughs> and I thought I'd start off this episode with this. And that is, people can now go to themiddleofmedicine.com. Boom. And there we are. Get all of our episodes, yeah. subscribe. And we now have available the email address feedback at themiddleofmedicine.com. And so, you know, we invite anybody, if you've got any ideas, thoughts, things you think it would be interesting for us to talk about, go ahead and use that email address. And, uh, Check out the uh, the website. Um, now, here's the aside. I didn't make a new website. It's just <laughs> the new address forwards to the page for the webs for the uh, the podcast that's been there for a bit now. But anyway, I thought that would make it easier. So, the middle of medicine.com is live, is ready to go, and is pointing people in the right direction. And again. We welcome any feedback that people have and, uh, Thank you. you know, go ahead and use that email address and reach out to us and we'll kind of go from there. So, well, how have you been doing, Aubrey? I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've been working pretty hard. You were just talking uh, before we started recording about how you've been at work 36 of the last 72 hours. Yeah, super fun. Staring at the same patient for 36 hours, but it's okay. You got to do what you got to do. It's like in the middle of the, the worst part of the semester as well, where all the professors are trying to cram in last minute, quote, midterms, but it's like two weeks before finals. So we have like three exams each week oh that's awesome uh, that's wonderful so great <laughs> yeah super wonderful and super pleasant and fun and fresh i love it so much you so know, that's how i'm doing how are you it doing it's been so many years <laughs> since i was in school and i still have those nightmares those oh dear i'm mm -hmm. enrolled in a class that i never went to and it's the day of the yeah. final or those sorts of things so Mm -hmm. That's, I don't know, 
test fear is a, is a fear that I don't know if it ever leaves us. And especially with as many years of testing and everything as I have done and, and you are planning on doing, yeah. you know, it really just burns that into your psyche and, and ingrains it mm-hmm. deep down into your very bones. And then it likes to come out and torment you at the greatest, most inopportune times. Mm-hmm. Of course. Love it. But no, I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, work has been interesting. I mentioned to you earlier, I gave a presentation to some family practice physicians, and I guess it went over well. I'm now um, going to be giving that at their next uh, statewide family practice meeting. So I, I, I guess that's good. <laughs> Gives me a chance to, to help educate. So also this past week, I was interviewed in the Urology of Times, uh, the Urology Times is a it's a periodical that gets sent out sent out to urologists and to urology practices. I have no idea how they got my name, but they wanted to talk about incontinence, and so I talked with them for a few minutes about that. We'll see how that goes. Um, awesome. You know, staying busy. I had a uh, I had a resident, family practice resident, with me last week. He'll be with me on and off for the next couple of weeks, and then starting tomorrow, I have a med student, uh, a fourth year medical student, who's with me for. The next two weeks. It's one of those interesting things that I'll be totally honest with you. I was a little hesitant to do the medical student uh, thing because I'm mm-hmm. the only urologist here, because I already take uh, residents, you know, all the third year family practice residents rotate through with me. And I, I had kind of initially told the med school no, I just didn't think now was the time. And then randomly, I had a med student show up in my office who was oh. apparently, according to him, assigned by the school to be there. So uh, it's like, okay. And then because I'm a sucker, I haven't felt like I could tell them no because, man, these poor med students uh, at the local uh, medical school, Idaho College of Osteopathic Medicine, they've got it rough. I mean, they've got to find all of their own fourth year elective rotations and finding people to precept them. And the school just doesn't help them out nearly as much as the school helped me out. So I feel like I was spoiled. And so I don't know. I, I say yes anytime they ask. Although there's also a part of me that's like, what's the point? None of these kids are going to get into a urology residency. Nothing against them. It's just simply the fact that if you're looking at how competitive urology is, and if you've got an applicant from a no-name kind of for-profit DO school in Idaho, Mm -hmm. who only right now, I mean, these fourth years who are rotating through with me are going to be the first graduating class of this school. There's just, just, there's too much competition to try and get into urology. They're not going to do it, but whatever. Oof. Do the residents and med students just like follow you around for however many weeks they're there? Do they like, like, what do they do when you're in clinic and stuff? And do they like shadow in your surgeries and stuff? Like, how does that work? Yeah, that's a really good question. So they do follow me around in clinic and they go to the OR with me. Mostly it's so that I can just kind of teach them and whatever patients we're seeing or surgeries we're doing, it kind of gives me the framework to talk with them about, okay, let's talk about you know, prostate issues. Let's talk about cancer. Let's talk about stones. Let's talk about all these different things. And so 
you know, I do have the residents, the the third year residents. If I have a new patient, I'll have them go in and do sort of the initial interview. Uh, The med students, I haven't had them do that yet. Uh, I don't know if I will. A lot of them seem fairly timid when they come, and so uh, I don't know how comfortable they are with that. And, and I mean, uh, I was definitely doing that when I was a fourth-year med student. Like, I was going in and I was interviewing people first and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, but I don't know. It kind of feels like the expectations for them are not quite what they were for me when I was in med school, but I don't know, you know. I don't want to sound too much like the old man Yelling at the kids to get off his lawn, but I tell you what, sometimes I look Back at this. In and my I'm like, day. Really? I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are so lazy. You have it so easy. And I had it so easy compared to the people who ten years or more before me were going through. So it's a vicious cycle. But I don't know. I did have one interesting case the, this week in in that it was interesting because it ended up not being a case. So I was supposed to do uh, what's called a percutaneous nephrolithotomy. That's getting Mm -hmm. a big kidney stone out of a kidney by basically putting a one centimeter hole in the back straight into the kidney. Now, the kidney, as you can imagine, lots of blood. So there is a significant risk of bleeding with this. And so we have to make Mm -hmm. sure that people are off any blood thinners. Well, come to find out on Monday afternoon that this patient had stopped one of their blood thinners, but had not stopped the other early enough. And so for safety reasons, I'm like, well, that's not safe. It's not safe to put a big hole into the kidney if they don't have platelets that are going to work. And so we called... And the patient totally flipped out and proceeded to yell at my nurse about how I'm an idiotic surgeon who doesn't know how to use cautery because this person has been in surgery and they know that you can cauterize anything all the time. And I'm kind of thinking to myself. Oh, yeah, anything all the time. I mean, I'm just putting the hole in the kidney through the skin. So once I take the tube out, if it's bleeding, I literally cannot get to the kidney because it's under like seven, eight centimeters of of layers of things. Anyway, then I was told that if this person ever decided to reschedule with me, the idiot surgeon, that they would continue to take their blood thinners and then lie to everybody and tell them that they stopped it so that when this person bled out and died on the table, it would be on my shoulders. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> that makes sense. Welcome to medicine. So I'm guessing you decided to not do the case. Oh, no, that no. not your patient No, anymore. that I, uh, I mean, I think that someone who's telling us that they're going to lie to us and put themselves so that in a dangerous can... situation so that then yeah. I am placed in a bad situation makes me go, yeah, no, that's not one we're going to go ahead and reschedule. No. Also, there are tests that we can do to know if somebody stopped taking their blood thinners. And so I was gonna say, we would bust them anyway. But the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just lying about that sort of thing isn't something you can really get by. It, it's so funny because that's the difference between where I only work with peds, you yeah. know, because I'm at a children's hospital where, like, the kid doesn't know if they're taking their meds or not. <laughs> right? They're just doing what's given the to them. Parents. <laughs> I don't know. That's I funny. totally well, understand people being upset and frustrated when they don't have a good outcome. I get it. Right. And most of the time, you know, I don't want to say that's not our fault, but most of the time it isn't. You know, most of the time when there's a bad outcome, it's not that the physicians or the team did something wrong. It's that everybody is different and every person's different and they're going to react differently to different situations. 
And so while 80, 90, 95, 99% of people are going to do well if we do X, there's going to always be a certain percentage who don't. And, uh, but, but like getting upset because somebody doesn't want to put you in harm's way. I was going to say, like, you're trying to keep them safe. Right. That's the part that just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, I understand. Yes. Okay. It's convenient. You've been scheduled, you know, you've, you've scheduled your, your, your rearrange your schedule in such a way that you're ready to do this procedure on, on a certain day. And to be told the day before, Hey, it's not safe for us to do it. But then I even went out of my way and gave them like four other alternatives of either different times or different ways we could try and take care of the kidney stones in a way that wouldn't put them at risk, that would still be safe and still do it on the same day. And and that was just where they got super upset and I just don't understand it. Like, again, yeah. all I'm doing is trying to keep somebody safe and they're upset that I'm trying to keep them safe. Yeah, so. but they're always going to be mad at someone and it's most likely going to be you. So well, that's, the that's thing just is, what you get to deal with. There are people who are always going to be mad about something. So... Anyway, well, before we dive into our topic today, I did want to share a humorous little article that I found on Gomer blog. Again, uh, this is satire, not to be taken seriously. But hey, back on the uh, 30th of March, it was Doctor's Day. And so, you know, um, there's there's that whole special day that they try and pretend like they actually give a crap about us. And you know, we had uh, cupcakes um, and maybe even cookies another day that week. It was it was really warmed my heart. Um, if you can't hear the sarcasm, wow. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so here we go. The title of this article, oh, Doctor's man. Day Shortened to a Heartfelt Doctor's Minute in Name of Efficiency. For the past year, FM Clueless, <laughs> FNP, DMP, RN, MSN, BLS, ACLS, GED, BFD, OPP, OMG, FFS, has been the CEO of the Hospital for Regular Surgery in New York City. He prides himself on keeping a finger on the pulse of the worker bees at HRS, whose work pays his astronomical salary, the physicians. This is why he was devastated when he realized at 3 p.m. on March 30th that he'd forgotten it was Doctor's Day. In a self-described brilliant move out of the hospital leadership textbooks, Clueless found his email that he had sent out for Nurses Week last May, copied the first paragraph into a new email, changed the heading to Dear Doctors from Dear Nurses, and then typed the following. As I know you're all too busy making lots of money for your beloved administrators to celebrate a full day, I offer a heartfelt thank you and kudos to all of you in this very efficient doctor's minute. After clicking send, Clueless sat back smiling, knowing he had certainly made the days of countless doctors at HRS with his email. Honestly, it was the very absolute least I could do. We give gifts for Nurses Week, Medical Assistant Week, Physician Assistant Week, and Administrators Month, but we know most doctors make 20% of my salary or even more, Doc Clueless explained. They don't need a physical token of appreciation. What they need is a mass email with a return receipt request sent right before I go home for the day at 3 p.m. I don't know if every physician in our system is going to print out this email and hang it on their fridge at home, but I'd like to think they do. <laughs> wait, wait, it gets better. Last year, doctors received a heartfelt thank you in person. However, due to Clueless not realizing it was Doctor's Day until 20 minutes after his normal departure time, there clearly was not time for in-person thanks, and a genuine email thank you would have to, have to suffice. I believe that our doctors know we appreciate them based on everything we do for them throughout the year. Our doctors have seen all the things we do to show our appreciation for them, including the mandatory online wellness training. 
the new electronic medical record changes that help us track their productivity and keeping their pay stagnant while administration gets 25% raises annually. Our doctors know how much we appreciate efficiency as we keep increasing their work and administrative load while decreasing support staff. If they can see 50 patients in one clinic day, they can surely receive a whole day's worth of appreciation in their doctor's minute. Oh, goodness. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So much of that just hurts because it hits so close to home. As they always say, the best satire is closely couched in reality. (laughs) And that's what we have there. We have satire, painful satire, because I guarantee you, hospital administrators, they're not doing anything like what they ask us to do. And yet when we don't do everything they ask the second they ask, they come unglued because we are clearly lazy, awful, terrible Mm. people who are not... uh, not living up to what we we agreed we were going to do so no no not at all but you know here's the thing my comments there and that article and um my hostility perhaps towards administration uh, i think kind of dovetails nicely into what we wanted to talk about today and that is about tribalism in medicine now i'll give you a quick short um insight into where this came from. And I don't want to discuss the issue itself uh, because I don't know that I'm equipped to do it, but uh, I'm sure uh, many people who are listening and have, and maybe they haven't, but are aware of the case of uh, a nurse in Tennessee who administered a wrong medication and in doing so inadvertently uh, led to the death of a patient. Uh, They thought they were giving a benzodiazepine, which would relax them. What they ended up giving was a paralytic agent so it paralyzed the patient they were not ventilated they stopped breathing now uh, she recognized that she had made an error she reported herself immediately like very promptly made sure that she reported that she was doing everything to to point out this error that had been made so uh, she did all the right things in terms of the error reporting and everything. I, I don't want to get into all the the places where the system failed her, the places where she failed the system, perhaps, because I don't know an, enough about that. But in the big tragedy and, and what has become the most concerning aspect of this is the jury convicted her criminally. So she was tried criminally and was convicted for negligent homicide, um, which carries with it Uh, a a prison sentence. And so now we've got all these nurses who are like, hold on, mistakes happen. We report them because we're trying to do the right thing. But if we make a mistake, now there's a chance that we could be charged criminally. In the ensuing discussion, I saw a lot of back and forth on social media and a lot of comments, obviously nurses expressing their concern, their support for this nurse, their outrage at the fact that she was tried criminally. But in the midst of this, I would see little comments about well, how come we don't see any doctors weighing in on this? And how come we don't see any of this? And how come these people aren't talking? And, you know, it really brought to mind to me what a terrible job we do in medicine of supporting one another, you know? So when I use the term tribalism, I'm basically kind of talking about how we have all these different roles in medicine and ostensibly the role of everyone from an administrator down to, you know, somebody who's working in, in housekeeping or that sort of thing. We're all there, supposedly, for the same reason. And that is right. to take care of people or to create an environment in which people can receive the care that they need. And yet far too often, while we're all 
working on this quote same goal we start to just like we don't support each other we get off in our own little things and it's like well the doctors are going to do this and the nurses are going to do this and administration's going to do this and nobody's working together and nobody is seeing each other's point of view because we're all just off in our own little fiefdoms and here's my tribe these are the people i'm sticking to and if you're not part of my tribe then you're the enemy and mm-hmm. i mean it, it it is similar in some ways to the power struggle talk we had a number of episodes ago but what have you yes. seen in terms of again this this idea of tribalism in medicine? Let me think for a second. Hold on, I got a formula in my thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fair. I mean, that's you know we we want to we want to formulate our thoughts. Um, I don't want to say anything random. <laughs> you can, you can say things random too. It's okay, and you know who knows. We'll see if if I leave this part in or if I edit it out. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> you can leave it in. It was, makes us seem human, which is fine. <laughs> I was planning on leaving it in. So it's all good. Oh. But hey, you look, I, I gave you a I gave you a heads up, sorta, kinda. <laughs> Anyways, um I definitely well in my unit like in my specific position, I see sort of different I guess we're using the terminology tribes. I only see like a few that I I see like every time I work a shift. There's the techs and that's what I am. Um, there's the nurses, which we work very closely with as techs. Um, up a level, there's charge nurses, but they usually stay with the nurses. There's the therapists and then there's the higher levels, um, the residents and doctors and such. Um, and usually the techs and nurses, since we're super closely intertwined, I guess, with the work that we do, um, we tend to get along pretty well, which is good. Cause if we didn't, that's really unfortunate 12 hours for you. Um, <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> but I do see sometimes like if a tech isn't quote good, nurses will talk crap on them by like, you know, like I even saw this when I worked yesterday, one of the nurses I was working with was talking about a tech they had worked with the week before and was talking about how, oh, the tech didn't know how to do anything because the tech was from the NICU and the NICU techs don't do anything. And they, all they do is swaddle the babies and give them pretty blankets and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Kate, you might be true about the fact that they're good at swaddling swaddling babies (laughs) but just i don't i don't know just the the talking behind the back is kind of unfortunate but it's it's much less between the techs and the nurses than it is between all of us the techs nurses therapists charge nurses all of us it's kind of versus the residents and the doctors. Oh, it's a hundred percent versus the doctors. Like hundred <laughs> percent. And I've even fallen prey to it a couple times, even though it's not even my problem usually. <laughs> like I don't actually have to worry about it. But for example, if a doctor says the patient can be discharged that day and forgets to put in the discharge orders for a while, the nurses and the techs will get annoyed because we're like, 
well, that's a bed that we could be using for someone else coming in through the emergency department or like a PICU transfer or something. Like we're wasting a bed right now. This person needs to go home. Why can't the doctors sit down and click send on the orders? Like, come on. Like, why are, why are you waiting? And I fall and pray to that too. I'm like, yeah. Like, what's so important? Obviously, there's so many other things that are important rather than discharging a patient. Like, obviously, I understand that. But we fall prey to it all the time. We just get so annoyed. And, like, it's such, like, a headbutting thing with, like, the groups that we don't, you know, like, because we don't talk to the doctors 24-7. Like, we talk right. to each other. Right. They They come around for rounds, and we talk to them on the phone sometimes, but that's like the extent that we talk to them. So it's lots of like, oh, the doctor was so rude when I was on the phone with them or, oh, the doctor's not putting in the orders or the doctor put in like duplicate orders and the orders look weird. And the do- like, I don't even know the doctor, the doctor. Meh, meh, meh. <laughs> <laughs> I see that a lot. <laughs> and I will fully admit that I have fallen prey to that just because that's, you know, I get with my quote tribe and I'm like, oh yeah, doctors being so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> anyway, what well, have and, you and, seen? <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, is it, it's this gets back to one of the things we've talked about before, and that is we get in those tribes and we lose our empathy for one another. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have absolutely look. I am one of at our hospital. I am one of the most technologically savvy doctors there is. I mean, mm-hmm. I just am. I've we use Epic. That's our medical record. I have used Epic in residency. I'm familiar with it. And not only that, I mean, heck, I was one of the doctors who the organization flew out to Epic headquarters in Verona, Wisconsin. And I was there for two days or whatever, touring the place oh, yeah. and interacting with the engineers and this sort of thing, because because I'm, I'm very techy. I could get it. And I still put in orders wrong all the time. Or like one of the things that, you know, the chart <laughs> does for you is, you're going in to discharge somebody and you do the medication reconciliation. And I swear you have done it. You clicked the buttons and then you mm-hmm. go to the next step to put in the orders. Somehow something you did unreconciled <laughs> the meds, but I don't know that it lets right. me sign it. I can sign those orders. And then it's only later when the nurse is like, um, can you do the discharge medication reconciliation? Because we can't discharge them <laughs> since you haven't done that yet. And I'm like, but I did. I pushed the buttons. I did everything like I do it every single time. And I do this because I'm doing this all the time on post-surgery patients. I'm like, right. I do this like 20 plus times a week. This is not like this is something I don't have experience with. But still, you know, I goof up and I don't realize it. And so it's easy for us to fall into that. Or, you know, like I get all the time where it's like the nurses, not all the time, but every once in a while, you know, a nurse on the floor is like calling and bugging me. And they're like, hey, why haven't you done this? And the nurse in the operating room has to answer my phone and say, because he scrubbed he's scrubbed in surgery, surgery right now. You know, yeah. and so <laughs> it's easy for us to kind of to forget that other people have other things they're doing. Right. Um, you brought up a really interesting form of tribalism that I hadn't really thought about when I was thinking about this topic. But that is not only do we have our tribes with who we are, what our role is, whether it's tech, nurse, um, you know, physician, whatever. But then we get in our little tribes for where do we mostly work? You know? The units, the unit tribes the are unit worse tribes than anything, are in like, my opinion. Yeah, no. And, and so tell me a little bit more. I mean, you brought up obviously the, the NICU one, but where else have you seen kind of tribalism between different units? 
Well, this is this is convenient because I was actually I was talking a lot about this with the nurse who was complaining about the NICU tech yesterday. <laughs> we were talking about a lot of like the different vibes between different units, and I floated to the PICU once, and I was still relatively new, um, so I was just happy to be invited. <laughs> I was happy to be there. Nice. <laughs> um, but a lot of the nurses on my unit don't like the PICU nurses. And I was like, well, why? And they're, they complain about how PICU nurses are so rude and they're not very social or helpful to each other. And if you ask a question, they act like you're stupid and blah, 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 blah. But you kind of got to take a step back and be like, the peop- the nurses in the PICU deal with a lot more intense stuff than, than we do. That's why oh, they're yeah. in the PICU. Yeah. <laughs> the, the intensive care unit (laughs) so you know it's kind of a name um but they'll complain about how rude they are there and then i recently had to go down to the emergency department to bring up a patient because i think the nurse was busy or something there was some complication it was in the middle of the night so it's whatever right And I had never gone down to the emergency department before. So I was like, oh, I'm a little nervous. Uh (laughs) I've never been down here before. And I went down there and I was kind of trying to be nice. I was like, hey, I'm here to pick up patient so-and-so. And like three nurses just stared at me Mm -hmm. and just like looked at me. And they were like, through trauma three. And I was like, oh, um, which way is that? (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, it's straight ahead. And I was like, okay, thanks. So I went in and grabbed the patient. It was fine. And then I had to bring the gurney back down because I have weird, funky gurneys. And I will tell you right now, if you want to have a death warrant out, <laughs> you'll forget to take the ER back there. The gurney back down. Yeah. Because yeah, so I... you know, they will lose their ever-loving minds if you don't take them back mm-hmm. their gurney. Yeah. So we transferred the patient to our beds and I was like, hey. I'm going to take the screening back down. And I went with another nurse who hadn't been to the emergency department either. So she was like, I kind of want to go with you. And I was like, okay. So we go down there and I knew where the room was this time. So I nice, like go strong. in <laughs> and I bring it in there. We wipe it down and stuff. And then we're like leaving, but we didn't really know if we needed to like tell the ER nurse who had had that patient, like, Hey, we got the patient. Uh, here's your gurney back, right. you know, like a little communication or something. Um, so I'm kind of like looking around for the nurse and he's not anywhere. So we're like, okay, maybe we'll just tell one of the nurses at like these front nurses stations. So I go up and I'm like, um, we brought back the gurney for y'all. And again, they just stare at me <laughs> and they go, okay, n- not a thanks or anything. So I was like, okay, thanks guys. Bye. And yep. Put back upstairs. And I was like, what in the heck? Because you walk into our unit and everyone's like, hey, how you doing? Like, we're very, very happy. We're very bubbly. We're very social. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go down to the emergency room and it's not like that. So I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's just so weird. The different like um, environments. But then the other thing is that of course, the second we got out of the room, me and the nurse who went down with me started talking. We're like, why are they so rude? Why were they so <laughs> Right. You know, we start talking about it, which is just so funny because it's just so weird. The like butting heads between the units or I was making fun of the ortho surgeons the other day because they looked like frat guys. They are and they frat all like- guys. <laughs> I mean, come really- on. <laughs> Look, like, it is okay. <laughs> 
I am 100% okay with making fun, making fun of orthopedics. Like always, forever. You can always make fun of orthopedics. I'm okay with that. And you can always badmouth cardiology. I'm okay with that too. Those two groups right there. I'm okay with that. No, but see, look, that's me exposing my own sense of tribalism. Right, right, exactly. No, like, it's just little things like that. Like, I'm like, oh, the orthodox come through and they, they talk like this. They go, oh, yeah, if she poops, she can leave today. <laughs> just let me know. <laughs> and they leave. I'm or surprised like, they said poop and wasn't like, eh, I take a dump. <laughs> yeah, and like their beards poking out underneath their mask and like they're, they're like, <laughs> they have these jackets that have like skull and crossbones sewn on it and it's like ortho team. Oh my gosh. I'm oh, not even kidding. Me. I'm not even kidding. I went down to breakfast today and there were three ortho guys walking like perfectly in sync with each other like with their shoulders going back and forth and i was like what am i witnessing right now and then a nurse like caught up to them and they were like oh is this like ortho breakfast and they like whip around and they're like yeah it's ortho team breakfast Do you want to join and i was like i am going to pee myself i am trying so hard not to laugh right oh now. my gosh that's funny <laughs> anyway and i mean we deal with the neurosurgeons a lot yeah, obviously on the neuro unit. And so we're kind of used to them. I, I've heard a lot. It's kind of a classic, like neurosurgeons are super arrogant and like the way that they are, but they've, they've been pretty nice at least to like comparatively to some of the other ones. Some of the, <laughs> <laughs> they're just nerds. They're just nerds is the thing. They're such like, we have a new resident that was coming around this week checking out on the patients and he's so awkward uh-huh. with his bedside manners it was cracking me up he was like he'd go into the patient's room and be like good morning <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to like pat him on the head I was like are you okay dude <laughs> you're like it's okay you can talk to people it's okay it's just a baby like <laughs> it's just a baby <laughs> it's oh, okay Anyway, so that's my two cents. What about you? Well, you know, one of the places that I thought of, that I saw it, that I, that I thought of when we were talking about this is, man, we were getting killed with COVID. And I'm pretty sure this was in the throes of uh, the Delta variant. And, mm-hmm. you know, Idaho, and I think Utah's sort of the same way, but not quite as behind as us. But Idaho was, I mean, we've been through the whole COVID thing like four months behind some of the other major population centers in the U.S. And so, you know, things things have been a little slow. But we were getting killed um, to the point that all of the different units were like, we need help, we need help, we need help. You've got to get us nursing help. We are getting killed. We cannot handle these patients. So what do they do? They say, all right, we're not doing any elective surgeries, only doing emergency surgeries. We're shutting the OR down from like six to eight rooms, depending on the day to mm-hmm. two rooms, the trauma room. And then another room where we're doing just like emergency cases. Oh geez. Everything else we're canceling because we're taking those nurses and those surgical techs and we're sending them other places to the ER, to the ICU, to wherever, to these units that have been begging for help. Mm-hmm. So I talked to some of the OR nurses and I'm like, so what was it like? And they're like, it was awful. We got there. 
They were mean to us. They were pissed off at us because we didn't know how to do everything they were doing. And so they basically were like, just go sit in the corner. And I understand that you're right. People who say work in the OR, while they are totally capable of doing all of the things that an ICU nurse is uh, is used to doing, they don't right. know the system. They don't know where everything is. They're, you're going to need to, yeah. you know, you're going to need and to help And the level out. of intensity that everything's going on. It's like you might know how to do certain things, but it's hard to do it in the situation that it's in. Sure. And so I, I get that. But at the same time, being rude and treating these other nurses poorly because they weren't right. part of your tribe and you've been asking for more help and you get somebody there to help you and now you're mad because it's not exactly the help you were looking for is just such an egregious example of this idea where, again, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's so, it seems so much like in medicine we fall into this idea of, well, if you're not one of us, then you're against us. You yeah. Know? And, I mean, look, I, I'll tell you one of the places I find this. I don't consider myself in the, quote, tribe of physicians. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. If I go into the physician, the med staff lounge, to get a drink or to maybe grab some food or something at breakfast or at lunchtime, I grab it and then I go over to the OR lounge because for me, I'm not comfortable around the other physicians because mm-hmm. I don't care for some of the attitudes and, and things like that. And so I don't view them as my tribe. So instead, I want to go hang out with the people in the OR because I'm much more comfortable around the OR nurses and the OR techs and the CRNAs because I view them more as as my tribe. And so it's just interesting, all the different little ways that it pops up. And I feel like, and I know this is something that we come back to all the time, but it's because the whole point of us going into medicine is to take care of people. And tribalism is just another one of those little things that can get in our way of doing that. And it's okay to have groups that you identify with. And it's okay to have groups of people that you feel more of a kinship with and more, you know, you're closer to them. And that's all okay. But it's when we start pitting each ourselves against each other, when we're all still trying to do the same thing. That's where I think we really start to run into, okay, we done messed up now. And you know, I don't know. I don't know how we get over it. I mean, just like I said, I, I do it all the time when we look at different specialties in medicine, you know, even different doctors. It's like, I consider myself a surgeon. Somebody was like the other day, oh, I was talking to a urologist and I kind of said they're like OBGYN for men and they got really offended. And I was like, yeah, you better believe they got really offended. And I had to explain to this guy, I'm like, he's like, well, how come that's offensive to you? And I said, look, I said, I did six years of surgical residency, like six years where almost all the time I was in the operating room. They do four years of residency split roughly evenly between office OBGYN, labor and delivery, and then some surgical gynecology. So compare my four, you know, five to six years of residency to their one and a third. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a little, but that's the thing. Is that right? No, I shouldn't necessarily feel that way. Do I think that we're trained differently? Of course we're trained differently. Do I think that that's okay that we're trained differently? Of course I think it's okay we're trained differently. But should we feel antagonistic towards each other because our training was different? Of course we shouldn't. And so, right. I don't know. It's just another one of those things that I look at and go, man, we got to change. We got to change how medicine is. And, and I don't know if it's yeah. this bad in other countries or if this is one of these special things here in the U.S., but 
if we want to do a better job, if we want to do a better job, we got to change a little bit how we do some of this stuff. Yeah. No, and I've, I have fallen prey to it many times too with me being from the ooh, from the neuro unit <laughs> i know how to deal with evds and all the neuro drains and all this fancy stuff and then i find myself when we have like a float pool nurse or someone floating from somewhere else who's not trained on evds and i'm a lower level than a nurse and so I find myself when they don't know how to deal with an EVD, I'm like, you don't know how to deal with EVD, but I do. Like, <laughs> okay, get out of my way. Like, I'll do it. Excuse Obviously, me. I don't say that, but like, just like, let okay, me take your hair. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let but me do I'm your like, job for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, they've probably never even seen an EVD. Yeah. Like, what? The only reason why I know how to use them is because I'm specifically trained to them for our specifically specialized specific unit. Obviously, people from other units aren't going to have to deal with the stuff we deal with or they'd be on our unit. Yeah. Like if I if I just took a step back and wasn't, you know, if we just take a step back and like just put our pride aside for a second, just bring in the logic for a second. <laughs> Hold on now. Starting to sound crazy. (laughs) I know. Logic, that's wild. Like, if we just take a step back for a second and realize that what we assume about other people is 99% not going to be correct, if we just calm down for a second and, like I've said a million and one times, have some empathy for each other and realize that if there's someone from another unit floating in, they're probably stressed that they're in a new unit. Mm-hmm. They're probably anxious that they don't know how to work all of the fancy drains that we have. Just like how when I floated to pick you, I was anxious because everyone looks how they look in pick you. Mm-hmm. It's a lot scarier. It's a lot more intense. If we just calm down for a second and realize we're here to help the patients, that's the whole reason why we're there. And just, I don't know, again, I don't know how to actually fix it because you can't tell everyone to have empathy and be a good person, but you can certainly try. (laughs) Well, but we can do it ourselves. And, you know, this, I think, truly is one of the things where this all becomes different parts of of culture in medicine. And I think the way that we, we change it is that we try and create a new culture. And you can do that one person at a time. It's not as right. fast as if everybody does it, but you can absolutely do that uh, one person at a right. time. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely think we should try. It's just sometimes, you know, we fall prey to all those. It's it's easier to be rude when it comes to that sort of stuff and tribalism. And it's easy to stick with your tribe and it's easy to stick with the people you identify with. But like nothing in medicine is easy. Yeah. that We wouldn't do it if it was. So you, we just, you just got to fix something is all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I agree. I think you said it well. So I don't think I have anything else to add to that. Anything else you want yeah, to say before neither. we wrap it up? I mean, except for the fact that ortho guys shouldn't have skull and crossbones stitched into their jackets that says ortho team on it. <laughs> They're just ortho I'm bros. sorry, That's... but that was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's just ortho. <laughs> You're like ortho team, except for little babies. Yep, gotta love <laughs> it. Small children. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up then. It was good to talk with you. I know it's been a little bit since we had a chance to, and uh, hopefully now that we kind of are, uh, you know, a week shifted in terms of posting versus recording, that'll help make yeah. sure we can stay on top uh, going forward. Again, big thanks to everybody who's listening, who's subscribed. Please share with your uh, with your friends. Let other people know about the podcast. Uh, let them know how easy it is to subscri- subscribe. It should be there in whatever podcast uh, player you choose. Uh, go ahead and leave us a review. We'd love a review. Hopefully, we think that uh, we should get a five-star review. And if not, <laughs> feedback at themiddleofmedicine.com. Let us know what we can do to there get that five-star review. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, Aubrey? Nope. Appreciate everyone for listening. I really enjoy doing this kind of stuff. So let us know too. what we can do to make it better. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, have a good one. Bye, guys. <laughs>